0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Welcome back to the second second hour of Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio, numbers 412-919-1316. Max, we got the Ravens coming in, which has always been a tough game. You were a participant in much of the brawling of the Early new millennial uh, series matchup with the Ravens. Um, they're coming in at eight and three. You know, th- there's a saying, right? A desperate team is a dangerous team. Let me ask you something. Do you think we got enough desperados on the Steelers to be able to lock horns and whip the Ravenites? All right, Max, are you there? Hello, Max. Trying once, twice. Ninja Tom, what do we got going on, my friend? All right. So we are efforting Max again, and so I I need to ask my own question or answer my own question, which the fact was a desperate team is a dangerous team. And I asked Max, who's not with us right now, do we have enough desperados? I I believe that we do. You know, there is a certain sort of uh, feeling as you enter into this portal, and the portal is the zone walking up to that. Four o'clock kickoff time or 425, whatever it is officially for the sake of journalistic integrity and clarity. But the fact is, um, when you enter this, this zone, you start to get that feeling of adrenaline and, and, and start playing the game in your head as you have been probably all week. But the fact is now the intensification process begins. You start to roll up towards that, that time period where you have uh, the, the kickoff coming and looming right in front of you. And there is that intensity factor that rises in you. And each player has got to be responsible for bringing his own RPMs, his own mental RPMs. You know, Joe Schobert talked about, you know, when they asked him, he said, you got to take practice seriously. He's not talking about guys just joking around and not practicing hard. They practice hard. Okay, I've, I've been in, in hundreds if not thousands of practices either as a player or as as uh, uh, you know, in broadcasting and watching, and I, 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 there's just no way that you have guys um, not taking practice seriously. What you have is how much do they bring in the intensification process throughout the week, where they start to start rolling the game, roll up to the game mentally, uh, in 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 their mind, where the mentally RPM start registering. And I take it now, Max, you're here, buddy.
0: Yes, I, I am okay. here. We are working through technical difficulties.
1: Got it. We're good. Thank you. So here's the point. All right, the question asked was, a desperate team is a dangerous team. Do we have enough desperados on the Steelers uh, able to lock horns and, and go at it with the Ravens uh, come 4 o'clock? And being you as a participant in some of those classic two trains, one track brawls throughout the new millennial.
0: Well, I, I I think we do, I, I, you know, <clears throat> but once again, we won't know till Sunday. Right. But I would like right. to think that the desperation and we have the dudes on that side uh, of on, on both sides of the ball that can get it done. I mean, it just takes an effort. Like we've seen it at points when guys, it all comes together. And yes, I know defensively, we always hinge on TJ Watt. And we put all that pressure on him because he has a new contract. And therefore we expect superhuman feats on a week-to-week basis, but the rest of that team is there. If you have Joe Hayden, if you have Minka Fitzpatrick, if you have Cam Hayward and Joe Schobert, right, you have guys who can get the job done. Chris Wormley, you know, has to come in and, and play and play one of his best games as well. you think he'd be motivated for this one. Alex Highsmith, a young guy, he has the tools, he shows flashes, now he has to string those flashes. Um, in a consistent basis. It can't be a flash in the first, a second, third, and fourth. It has to be, you know what, Alex Heisman, I need you to bring all your flashes in the second quarter. Right. You know, And then bring us a new set of flashes in the second half as well and put those all together and understand, hey, I'm not going to be denied. This is my opportunity. And then let's see what Taco Charter, you were a former first-round pick. Taco, you're going to be asked to do more and more. You've been here now a, a good little bit now let's see what you can do show people why you are a first round draft pick like there's a lot of first round draft capital on that side of the ball i need to see it all work together it's been long enough that you guys should be on the same page and you should be able to give that effort offensively we have the guys we have the pass catchers we have the rushers offensive line come together heck if y'all if y'all got to do remember in, remember in college when you see those we were formation where the guys would hold hands right. uh, on pass plays and then yeah. break off If you have to go Red Rover, Red Rover, I don't care.
1: <laughs> Max, sure you, Max get, you get
0: the guys blocked.
1: Now, remember, there was a time period where, you know, everyone would show solidarity or whatever as, as young guys in college, I remember them saying, and they said, let's hold hands in the huddle. And I said, no, I'm not holding hands with you guys, all right? We're not yeah. we're, we're not going to do that. If you're going to, you know, if anything, just get in the huddle, call the play, ball up your fist and have at it with the opponent. Don't give me a show of let's hold hands and let's have that that moment together in the huddle to show that we're together. No. Show it on <laughs> show it by by steamrolling somebody. That's how you show it. Okay, so I well, had to get my two cents in there.
0: I know, and I'm not saying that they need to go and do – I'm just – I'm giving a reference like you – it was just one of those things where I always showed like, hey, this is our splits. And then you'd break off, obviously, as the play was snapped. But they would do that to get their mental state like, we're going to be a wall, right? It was like that mental type of thing. So I get it. I get it. But, yes, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is I need them to come together as one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like five temptations, one mic. Yeah. I need you – to all be on the same page because we've seen it at points. And there was a point where you guys were trending up. Let's trend back up. Yes, you've had to deal with adversity of injuries, guys going on IR, but you're still the top eight guys that was that was picked to be on the active roster of this team. So there was something in all of you that they saw that said, we can work with this unit. I need to see that unit step up to the challenge. Listen, you have to take the training wheels off at some point and actually start riding that bike on two wheels. Let's get to that point. This is a perfect opportunity because guess what? It's not going to be fancy. It's not going to be pretty. <clears throat> it's going to be ugly. It's going to be muddy and it's going to be physical. And what that means is I need some extra athletic tape on the wrist. For this week <laughs> I need, I I need I need to buddy tape some fingers together.
1: How about duct because... taping your chin strap on? <laughs>
0: Listen, if you need to do that, Cam Sutton, use the duct tape. Keep your helmet on. There you Um, go. But I mean, this is that type of game. This is that type of game where it's, you know what? When you think about, okay, how physical can I be? Think that number and then add 10. That's all you need. If you're going into this as a fist fight, you'll be fine.
1: Absolutely. I like it, my friend. Now, let me just throw this out at you, though. Now, we've also found Joe Hayden did not practice yesterday, and so it's not looking good for him against the Ravens. Although you can't rule him out because he could walk in there Sunday morning or Sunday, yeah, Sunday morning and say, hey, I'm ready to go, and I'd still play him. Because he's that capable and that able to, as a veteran, be able to get emulate all you know, what all those all those mental reps? He's ready. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he'd be mentally ready. It's the foot is a problem, that's an issue, but you sure could use a guy like Joe Hayden.
0: Well, and listen, Joe Hayden's forgotten more football than a lot of those young guys have learned. Right. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's been in, he's been in this league for a very, very long time. So like a Ben you know, I put Joe Hayden in that category where he could show up and still show out. Um, You know, he doesn't need the practice. In fact, he needs the rest, right? He needs to rest on the foot. Um, And if it takes, you know, till Sunday, you know, I know Mike T always has this thing. If he just shows up and just does a couple walkthrough reps on Friday in practice as a limited participant, he's going to play Sunday, but it'll hinge on today's practice, whether he's going to participate, I think for Tomlin to feel comfortable, but like you said, if he said if he walked in Sunday, and was like, "Hey, you know what? Feeling good." I'm like, "Sign him up. Throw somebody down. We got 45. <laughs> we get to pick. He's one of the 45. Let's go, guys." <laughs>
1: that's right. We're we're saving a seat on the bus for you, buddy. You know that's exactly, exactly. what. Or what is that guy? Uh, we'll leave the light on for you. That's oh, that's that's another Tomlinism, isn't it? All right. Yeah, I like yeah, that. that. Is. But here here's another guy, Arthur Mollette, uh, came down with a quad. Now that's a new injury report edition there. Mallette, that's a. I hope. I wonder what that what that's all about. Whether or not uh, he's able to practice today, we're going to find out. But that's a bummer too, because Arthur Mallette is a guy who's had some ups and downs. But he was one of these guys that that was has shown to be capable of putting in some snaps. Uh, obviously, some of the things that happen. Hey, it happens to everybody. You're going to get beat if you get out there sooner or later. But uh, he's a guy that uh, I love some of his physicality coming uh, from the corner, from the slot, that sort of thing. The guy does play very well in, in those short ranges. Uh, boy, that, that would be a bummer if, if he's a guy that's uh, incapable of going on Sunday as
0: well. Yeah, that, that, that's one that you're like, oh, man. You know, um, having Arthur Millett, because this secondary has already been through enough, right? I right. Mean, it has it, it taken the loss of Minka and Joe – Joe now, you know, in question again, Um, you know, and now you lose Arthur Millette, who's one of your top contributing, you know, younger, new guys to this defense. So now you're putting a lot more stress on Cam Sutton, Trey Norwood and company to come out there and play at a higher level and Terrell Edmonds because you're, you're now missing two of your key contributors. And now who plays that nickel slot um, for you? And it's I think it then falls to Trey Norwood if Arthur Millett can't go. But, man, and that's also a hard-hitting guy that's out there in the secondary that that you're going to miss. So that, that's a tough one, having him down for a quad. Yeah. But this is a running game. So, hey, Arthur, maybe you need to – maybe that duct tape, you know, after Cam <laughs> gets it on his helmet, just throw it around the quad, squeeze it together, <laughs> and let's rock and roll.
1: Well, another guy, since you brought up uh, Lincoln Kennedy and you you, you, you were w- hanging out with him, but Zach uh, was sick two days in a row, Zach Banner being. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh, that's, uh, that is. You know, because the one the one possibility that I could see of, of a change in the offensive line that could uh, possibly step things up would be Zach having an opportunity to show what he can do. You know, and that yeah. could have elevated whether or not you move Chooks over – and play him with a left tackle like you were going to start the season doing that, whether you leave Danny Moore there, which, you know, again, the young kid, he's hes, he's in the hot box. He's playing left tackle. Max, you know what the left tackle's like. It's a hot yeah. box for a young guy, and you got to keep your head. You're going to see a lot of the top pass rushers out there. They're going to be giving you the, the business as much as possible because you're a rook, and so they're going to test you at every opportunity. And the thing I'll say this about Danny Moore, say what you want. He's been up and down, but the kid fights. All right, the kid fights out there. He don't quit. He stays out there. He stays in the fight. He battles. He's got some shortcomings that every offensive lineman goes through. You find your weaknesses. You'll learn, oh, my kick step is this. got to work on that. Oh, my punch. I got to time better. Oh, I got to do this. Uh, You don't want to get more in a close quarter. Face up grappling. I got to be able to lock into and get the inside hand position. But these are things yeah, they can be worked on. But the kid's got the fighting spirit, and I like what I've seen from him as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, listen, there, there's no there's no worse place to be than to be sent out to that left tackle position as a true rookie. Yeah, it is a scary place. I've been there. I remember the preseason when I went out to left tackle. And I was going up against James Hall when he was with the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, that that it, it's not for the faint of heart. And he's done it week in week out you know there 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 is no there is no looking to the side like like hey I might get swapped out for somebody there's nobody there so it's just you yeah you know what i'm saying and you've got an 18 year quarterbacks blindside yes. <laughs> yes and you're like okay um this dude has played about as long uh, you know as long as i've been born you know right. just about like he was in college when I was born, right? And uh, and and he so his entire NFL career has been my lifespan, uh, just about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you think about it, and those and that's a daunting task. And like you said, you're getting you're getting the most elite guy on defense, on your side every play, no matter if there's a chip or not. And we like to move things around, so sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. And he's answered the call, and and done it right. He's trial by fire. And I, I can appreciate that, um, that he's done that. So I think you have to keep letting him cut wood because, heck, I've seen guys drafted higher that were supposed to do that, and they got embarrassed in the opening game. I, I'll give you a quick story, Wolf. We're good. 2004, my rookie year. Okay. I'll never forget this. The Raiders are our season opener. And Jerry Rice is the is the wide receiver for the Raiders. Like, that's how far back we're going. Mm. Um. You know, and I remember Robert Gallery was the number two overall draft pick. I remember him. From Iowa. Now, I played Robert Gallery. I played against him in the Outback Bowl uh, a couple months prior, our last game as seniors. Um, And I remember Bobby McRae beat him around the edge for a sack. And after that, they ran sprint away the rest of the game to protect his draft status. And I said, man, that's not going to help that dude. Um, cause you're going to No go kid. Now say that again,
1: him. they ran, they ran sprint away. They ran,
0: they ran sprint away the rest of the game to protect his draft status. That's ridiculous. So they ran sprint right the rest of the game with their quarterback. So I remember first game. I'm like, okay, this is the number two overall. Let's see. Let's see what Robert does now. Has he learned anything? And he's going up against Joey Porter. Oh yeah. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this is going to be a challenge first series he's out there gives up a sack they go to the sidelines we go down we we have a solid game you know tommy leads a drive they score touchdown right raiders come out next series robert gallery's at right tackle now he's against clark Mm. clark beats him around the edge for pressure and then i think an eventual sack Mm. the ball again they go to the sidelines he comes back in Now he's at right guard, (laughs) and now you've got. You're trying to hide him and Chemo Hamp and Chemo. I'm like, ooh, he is running. He is running from the competition. Yep. And then, boom, Chemo beats him for a tackle for a loss on a run play, and he, you know, he's still struggling. So then, fast forward, next series he's out the game. I'm like, oh man. Next series he comes back in at left guard, (laughs) and. You know, he's playing, he's, 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 no, sorry. He was playing against Smitty, um, Aaron Smith guard. Then he went, and then he went to chemo oh, okay. and left guard. I'm sorry. That's, that's how it went. It's okay. The rest of his career for the next eight years, he was a left guard. He never went to left. Tackle. This guy was the next Tony Baselli. He was the second coming of the elite left tackles, right? Number two, overall draft pick. He was at a guard. And by the end of it, guess what? he was peeing on himself before games to make sure guys would stay away from him.
1: Oh my! you know what i'm saying i'm like
0: i'm like that that, that's where you went with that and so the fact that it doesn't matter your draft stock because if you're good you're good and he's held his own i haven't seen him get switched out to different positions because that's just one of my examples where a guy as highly touted as that came in supposed to be a left guard and he ends up playing uh, left tackle he ends up playing guard the rest of his career um so the fact that Dan Moore has come in, yeah. he's a third round pick. People are like, Hey, you know, we want him to contribute, but this guy wasn't in the starting plans and he's answered the call and yes, it's been inconsistent, but he has fought. Like you said, he fights and he's, he's going to mess up. He's going to figure out, you're still trying to figure out what your technique is in the league. Like, how is my set going to be? How can I make it duplicate to where it's like Joe Thomas, right? Joe Thomas, it does not matter. Play one through play. Three thousand and seventy-six to play ten thousand. The guy that right. played so many career games. When you look at each of those snaps, the snaps look exactly the same.
1: Exactly. Like
0: it's 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 like a number one at Mickey D's. Yep. So he's trying to get to that point and figure that out on the fly as a true rookie. And I I have to give him you know as much as I, I complain in game at times about oh man why didn't he just take the same set yep. you know it's like why did he have to shorten the corner. But it's like he's learning. He's, he's like learning. a baby deer. You know, He's learning. He, he, he's figuring it out, and he'll be fine. But I don't think you mess up that because he's he's having a nice maturation process. I think you just, if anything, get Zach in as the extra lineman. We've seen it the last three weeks where teams have done it to us. They have brought in the extra lineman as their tight end, and we have a guy who's capable, right. who has a resume as such. That's why we love him so much. Because he was an extra tight, tight end guy that would come in and blast people off the ball. He's you know, give him that confidence and get him more reps so he feels more comfortable. Do that, and we would probably have a better time. You know, and I think that's what we have to get to. We can't be cute, we can't have people guessing. Sometimes you just you just have to take a jab in the face. I'm showing you a jab, I just need to jab you. <laughs> I, not a shadow jab. I don't need all these Oh, look at the right hand, hit him with the left. Just punch him in the mouth, and that's what that is. That's what you have with Zach. Just punch him in the mouth. I don't care if you run it three times in a row. At least show me you have that commitment, because I guarantee you, if you run it three times in a row, you're probably going to get a first down.
1: All right, buddy. We got to go to break. All right. And that was a good rant. That was a max rant. I like that. That maybe yeah, that, was, that
0: was that was soapboxy. That,
1: that was soapboxy. that was a bit soapboxy, but there was there was a truth element that you cannot deny. So there you go, my friend. I like that. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more folks, more of Wolf Starks and Ninja Tom here in the locker room.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: And we're back in the locker room, Wolf, Starks, and Ninja Tom. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio, numbers 412-919-1316 if you want to get in and on the call. Okay, Max, I take a look at Brandon Williams. That's a beef eater of magnanimous proportions. This guy's six foot one, 336 pounds. He's not going to be hard to find for Kendrick Green. He is one of those low-plane carnivores, one of those Jurassic Park meat eaters that you got to have. The uh, you got to make sure that you secure him. I watched him watching him on tape. This guy really times the snap well for such a big guy. Now he ain't going far, but. He is one of the the one of those guys that's got quick get off and plays with a real low pad level.
0: Yeah, he's one of the guys you you, you don't have to go far to find him. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing is is that you're trying to get in his way. That <laughs> that is how you have to treat uh Brandon Williams. Um but I think the biggest challenge is gonna be positioning. You know, showing that Kendrick Green cannot get knocked off the ball when it comes pass rush time. You know, because a run game, it is what it is, right? You're going to position block him, and you're going to try and drive the point on him uh, and try and just seal so that he doesn't quick edge you around the backside. I think that's going to be the main charge, and that's what I want to see. Don't get blown off the ball when you snap in a third and seven situation, Kendrick Green. Hold your ground, and I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay, but that's going to be the challenge. I don't know if he can do that because I've seen him flash it. I know he's going to fight, but then sometimes he just gets beat. And so it's going to be that attention to detail for me with uh, with Kendra Green this week, focusing in knowing what it is because now you had enough games under your belt. You've already more than doubled your center experience, and now it's time to start showing a little bit of nuance. I'm not saying you have to go out there and kick his ball off, the, kick his butt off the ball because there's a reason why he's the starter for the Ravens. Yeah, <laughs> they're eight and three. That doesn't happen that often, but show me that intent, that desire not to get whipped. You can get beat but you can't get whipped and that's what I that, that that's what I want to see
1: see I and I, I can understand what you're saying but the one thing I love about Kendrick Green is above all the linemen and I'm talking rookies I'm talking veterans of all the linemen he is the one that comes the closest to playing until the echo of the whistle the next valley over I mean, this is a guy that, in, in watching him, he f- he's another guy that fights to the end. He's another guy that really sets a, a demeanor tempo. Now, yeah, he's got some issues. One of them, he gets too high. And one of the things I think that could help him, you know, if you don't shotgun so much, think about this, Max, when you... When you you got a guy on your nose who's obviously gonna be leaning towards your snap hand because he wants to beat you to that side, right? So he's sitting yeah. right there, he's looking at your, you know, if you gotta go on a silent count or anything like that. Um, even if you don't. But you know, you just look that ball, that ball's right in front of you. So you can tee off and if you are snapping in the shotgun, to me the shotgun takes it's it's like it's a nuanced thing. You've got to be able to take some steam off of your movement patterns to be able to make sure you have a secure snap back. And then you got to come rocketing out because you have a, a big load right on your nose. To me, I would rather that Ben went under center and you could have that snap directly into his hands, that, Thwack, that gives you, Mike, Mike Webster was great at this. That snap would be used to empower him to move forward rather than, you know, when you have a, 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 the shotgun snap, it's like you're screaming out of the snap uh, like like a sprinter only to run into a parked car, and you got to carry an egg and a spoon. You know what I mean? You've got to do these, there's all these kinesthetic forces that are they are convoluted. One works against the other. You know what I'm trying to get at?
0: No, yeah, no, I, I completely get that, and I, I think that's one of the things, but I want to see it going either laterally and stale or making that dude give up ground or give up ground begrudgingly. I don't want to see your jersey the, – the, I don't want to see your name on the back of your jersey turn towards the defense at any point. That's what right. I'm saying. No, no, you don't want that, no. Yeah, I don't I don't mind the fight. Trust me, I love the fight. I just need to see more focused fight, right? You know, it's kind of like in X-Men, right? You know, Cyclops, when he ha- when he has that look, when he has his little thing over his eyes, he Are, can we, focus his are feet really and going shoot to
1: wait, a minute, wait, are we because really we going are. to X-Men? We, are.
0: we went to X-Men. But when but when that thing gets knocked off, he can't open his eyes, right? He's just blasting <laughs> wildly because he can't see anything. Like that that I that's I just need the focus. I just need him to throw on those Oakley's with the ruby or whatever shade that that blocks you know magento, whatever it is that blocks the, the rays from his right, eyes so right. I just need that. I need the focus <laughs> beam from kindred <Kendrick> green. <laughs>
1: All right, I, I like that. It was, it was, it was good.
0: All right, it got there. It got, it got they, there. Made, made it it got me there. Yeah, at least I, I could understand
1: that. I think I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more of a, a comic book nerd too. I, you know what am come I going to do?
0: Come over here. Come over here. It's nice.
1: The dark side. We have glass.
0: We have, we have glasses and pocket protectors. It's okay. Join the nerd club. It's all right. You'll never get ink on your shirt again, Wolf. But we can't guarantee mustard. We can't guarantee mustard. Uh, no, I, I could never. I could never <laughs> I can never guarantee that
1: one of the guys I can guarantee you that if he lines up is going to be a problem would be the six foot eight, 300 pound Calais Campbell. Uh, what is it yeah. so like 14 years or 12 years for him? I mean, this guy is a consummate pro. I've Ever since that guy was – where was he? In, in Arizona. Arizona. And, yeah, I Bowl mean – forty
0: three. Yes, exactly. He
1: was, he, was, he was a rookie, yeah. <laughs> All the way back then. I mean, he was somebody to contend with. Now, he's been out. He got doinked in the head. Um, but he may, yeah. he may be up for the game. Um, but this is a guy that you have to seriously
0: be prepared to do uh, physical battle with. Yeah, now, Calais, I mean, listen, I battled Calais. I was teammates with Calais, I'm friends with Calais, and Calais like you said, he he's the class of the league. When you're thinking about like the Cam Haywards of the world, Calais right. is in that same category. Um and he does it in a different way. Whereas Cam is unblockable, you know, the problem with Calais is he he's 6 foot 8 and he he plays like a shot blocker in the paint. Yeah. Um so he's long, he's lean, he's tough to deal with. When you think you have his body blocked Meaning you you're in the framework, right? His arms literally like extendo arms, right? And he can still make the tackle while you're engaged with him. That's yeah. the problem you have to deal with with Calais, um, is is the arm length as well, and then he bats down a lot of passes. So, you know, if you're getting Calais, if you're Trey Turner, if you're if you're BJ Finney, you know, or you're Dan Moore, if they bump into their three four stuff like that, that that's the charge. Is that not only do you have to block him, but you also have to get him off balance so that he cannot use his arms to his advantage, and that's going to be the challenge. It's a unique challenge because not a, you know you don't have that guy on every team, and you heck you don't have that guy in every conference, um, or every division. But when you play in one of the toughest com- divisions in all all of NFL, you get these type of humans. You get these type of you know freakish skill size body dimension humans. And that's what Calais Campbell is. He's, he's a freakish dimensioned human being. So you've got to get him off balance to where he can't time up putting his hand up to bat a pass down. You can't uh, you have to get his shoulders turned so that he can't just reach out laterally and still grab your running back and hold him up. Like those are the things that you have to do. And if you're getting bull rushed, and you're backing, he can't reach over and grab your quarterback right. while you're still blocking him. Those are the things you have to do. So it is literally it it's a very big moving type of game, movement game where angles matter, positioning matters with him, and that's what's going to be tested for a lot of these young guys. Um, you know, I don't fear it as much, you know, with Trey Turner, because Trey Trey's been there, done that. Right. He's done it at a high level. I don't worry about Trey. I worry about the other four. You know, how are you going? to combat that because it is now more technical football when you get up against Calais Campbell, where it's not just, you know, full on raw power. You also have to have some strategy and some control and restraint to block him because he can still hurt you even when you think you're doing your job.
1: Let me look at this. Or (laughs) let me ask you to look at this. I'm sorry. I I screwed up there. I'm looking at, yeah, you know, Tyus Bowser, five and a half sacks. Odafi Owe, all right, five sacks. Four sacks, Justin Houston. Those three guys are pretty impressive. If you ask me, those are three of the toughest hombres you got on that defense, along with a Calais Campbell, along with a Patrick uh, Queen. Uh, Patrick Queen jumps off the the, the, the video on you. I mean, he is just – there's something about him. Tyus Bowser, I was watching him last night, and his acceleration from stop – point of stop to getting in the quarterback's face when he had a run at him on a blitz was it looked like watching a a 747 taking off and just boom. You know, I mean, just rolling, man. And then the other guy, uh, uh, Odafi Owe. Owe. Yeah, yeah. is that okay? I got it. Odafi Owe. Okay, that guy there, he is awfully quick as well. They've got some serious go power there.
0: Yeah, no, no. You you you've got a trio, and that was a trio we were hoping to create, right? With right. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, and Melvin Ingram when he first came there, exactly, to get that rotation. So they they've achieved that. I mean, because heck, Justin Houston, I'm. When is he going to retire? Oof. You know what I'm saying? Justin Houston has been around forever, and he's moved around. I played against Justin for a number of years back back when he was when he was in his quote unquote prime, but he's still showing prime like traits. Um, so Justin's one, he's seen it all. He's done it all. You're just going to have to be more physical than Justin. Like that's the only thing that comes down to it. Cause you're not going to trick him shadow punches off the edge, right? Kind of put your hand out there and pull it back, trying to get them to engage their first move. That's not going to work on him. He's seen, been there, done that. What you're going to have to do is be aggressive, be strong and be uh, aggressive with your hand placement. Oway is a track meet. You don't know what you don't know. With, with Owe, you know, and he's a young guy. He's trying everything. So the best thing for him, be physical. Be physical at the point. And Tyus Bowser, you cannot let the 747 go. If you have a short <laughs> runway, you can't take off. So don't give him the long runway. Absolutely. Don't set on the 45 the entire game. Change up your sets against him. Give him some short set. When, you're, when you know you have a known chip, go out there and jump him and get on his case early. When you have late running back chip. Make sure you keep your half-man relationship, which means his inside half should be with your outside half at all times. Right. And you guys should have a dance routine. It should look like a choreographed dance when you're out there. That's... All of those things matter.
1: Max, the biggest thing on that we got to talk about, we got to go to break now, but um... – Talking about the fact that you bring the battle to them. You know, pass sets are one yeah. thing that, you know, a lot of people don't understand the, the machinations or the mindset behind the pass sets, be it a jumping a guy at the line of scrimmage or short setting him or or the vertical set, all those sorts of things. But we'll talk about it more when we come back. You're listening to Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. <sighs>
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: You know, Max, one of the things that uh, is interesting when you look at this Ravens team is the fact that they possess the ball thirty-five over 35 minutes of a game. But you look at a lot of their numbers, they're down. I mean, they, they've been sacked 36 times. 30 times Lamar Jackson has bitten the dust. Six times I think it was Tyler Huntley uh, is his, his, uh, in backup roles, or whatever, has his, uh, hit the deck. I mean, that's a lot of sacks for mo- two very mobile athletic quarterbacks. It's surprising to me. What what, what about you?
0: Uh, I mean, is it surprising when we know that they have the number one rush rate in the NFL? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I, I, and I think that's what overcomes a lot of, you know, the the miscues that they have in the in their air game is because they make up for it in their ground game because the ground game is so deadly. It continues to make them a two way functional team, and we, we you, you know you have to limit that, and you have to possess. So we have to be smarter in winning on first down. <laughs> You've got to get those four yards, however you can get them to stay on schedule because that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping for off schedule. And when we talked about those beasts we were just talking about, right, when you're talking about, oh, when you're talking about Houston, Campbell, Williams and company, Bowser, right, that's what they want you to do. You play right into their game plan when you get off schedule. That's what they're hoping for because then that unleashes the pass rush. That unleashes the pressure. That unleashes the desperation. And when you're going backwards as an offensive lineman, a lot tougher than going forward. Oh would yeah. Rather say woe than Sikkim. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that that's another Tomlinism, right? And, when, right? and when you're going for forward, you know that that that's that's that that's in the Sikkim mode, and that's where we have to be. You have to be the aggressor in this matchup. You cannot be the pa- the pacifist. You can't be going backwards on your heels, getting on roller skates, all of those other things. That are associated with when you're going backwards, it has to be meaningful when you do it. It has to be the play action game. It has to be in a moment where you're taking advantage because they are stacking the box in the single high, and you got a one on one with Chase Claypool or Pat Fryer. And what do you do the then, baby? Single Let it high, fly. yeah. <laughs> Let it fly. I love that. But, and, and, you, and you know, and actually, yesterday on the matchup show, we were talking about this, and Bob, Bob Matt, and I, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about. And we still have not really explored the depth of the, of of the middle of the field or the area between the hashes. Right. Um, that's something I would love to see exploited because that's an area that you could take advantage of. Um, I thought it was interesting when you're talking about a lot of our pass routes come outside the hashes and more so outside the numbers when we're throwing. Yes, it has a time and a place. Right. You want to try and draw a pi on some of these. More inexperienced um, type of uh, DBs that are back there, but the middle of the field doesn't get touched. Guys get untested, and that's where Pratt Firemouth move and your six foot twelve Zach Gentry can really feast in this game. Is if they do get aggressive, they do have a natural height advantage right. to actually take take it across the middle. I would love to see some middle game, some crossing routes, I'm some bins ends, comebacks inside, right, deep post routes or just a post route in general. I would love to see that exploited as well, because that's another thing you could take advantage of that'll make that pass rush get on their heels. No you know, question instead of which, us being on
1: our heels, which is why the, the fact that Pat Friermuth is up, all right, he's a full participant in the second consecutive day. So his doinkerage getting, you know, what getting agonized there, he's all right. You know, and that's that's great. That's great news for this weekend. They needed something. You need a little something with all the, the issues going on with COVID and everything else, Joe Hayden, maybe uh, Arthur Mallette and these things. Um, you, you got Pat Fryer moved back, and I think that is something substantial, not to mention the fact that Chase Claypool – uh, Christian Kuntz, uh, he's, they were full participants, but especially Claypool. But Claypool, man, if you could do more than just put him along the sidelines, I would love to see him try to attempt to put some of the safeties in conflict to create some of that over the middle thing, where you're, you know, the linebackers aren't, aren't quite deep enough. The safety's got to be coming up aware of of that area, that donut, when they play cover two shell, something like that. But attacking it more and creating. Some more problems for those safeties. Chuck Clark and uh, Brandon Stevens. Stevens is a rookie. There's got to be something you can do to make his head spin a little bit. That being the Stevens uh, as a rookie. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you have to throw, you have to be able to throw the kitchen sink at him because right now you're not saving any plays or any exotic things for tomorrow. Because if you don't get this game, there is no tomorrow. You know, I hate to put that type of pressure Ooh, on it. A little rocky. But that, that's I a, like that. But but that's the type of desperation that you need. Right. That's how you have to operate for the sixty minutes that this game is going to dictate. And guess what? If you get into overtime, then you just create more. I don't know where it's going to come from, but it comes from the wells of your gullet, right? Right. It comes from right there in the visceral parts of your body, and you just you summon it. it, it, it that's just the art of competition. That's just the art of playing this type of game. It's a physical demanding game, and it demands everything from you. So there should be nothing left at the end of this game. When guys walk off the field, it should be slow, it should be limpy, it should be breathy, where you're trying to still catch your breath at the (laughs) end of this, because you've given it it all. Yes, You should be dirty, you should be muddy. If you have a clean jersey, and and you have clean pants, the the, the the white on your black jersey where your numbers are should have grass stains, maybe a little bit of blood and some dirt mixed in there, probably some green dirt because yeah, let's face it, it's December in Hines Field and we right. know the whipfields were there but you should have that your your knees should be dirty, your pants should be dirty and you should be like, you know what? I just gotta have a hell of a fist fight
1: yeah I just got Hey,
0: hey whoo! hey you look at me? But just think what the other guy looks like. That's the feeling you should have. Like you just went in a back alley and there was nothing but trash can lids and two by fours. That's how your body should feel at the end of this game.
1: No question about it. And, you know, I certainly agree with you. I look at this and I think to myself, again, the desperado type thing, again, the intensity that you got to bring to bear. I mean, this game is so big that if you can't get up for this, you'd have to be a corpse. I mean, seriously, you'd have to be a corpse not to realize the intensity and what's about to transpire at 425 when they kick off the ball this Sunday. But I know that a guy who is understanding what, what would it be like to uh, or looking forward to kicking off the ball at 425 would be C.R. and Juan. And we're going to go to them to wrap up the show here. C.R., Juan, how you guys doing?
0: Hey, what's going on, man? See CR still in Chicago. Hey, guys. Good morning, Juan in Carolina Connection.
1: Juan, where'd you go the other day?
0: There, he, there he is. <laughs> hey, uh, I was I was doing something CR don't know about. He don't know about work, and I was on a job. And, <laughs> you know, I had, I had... Oh,
1: oh! <laughs> I think we got a slap down there.
0: He said the W word. La 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 la. This is <laughs> Friday, guys. This is Friday. <laughs>
1: Go ahead, Juan. Yeah.
0: what you got? I had a bad connection. That's all. It's <laughs> Likely story. Oh, backtrack now. Now he's going into the, in the Sprint Pro right now. You see that? <laughs> yeah. He's dashing to the right. He's trying to avoid the rusher. I'm blocking <laughs> an area, coach. I don't have a man. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> so, what do you got, fellas? All right. So with the upcoming game, with uh, with the Creep Pool situation, with the music situation, uh. These guys, uh everybody they're taking it out of out of way out of hands I think. The guy is young. We respect that from a young guy, man. It's just like last year with Juju with the TikTok thing. When we was winning when we was winning nobody wasn't saying that. but when we start losing that's when everybody brought up the TikTok thing. So what you guys gotta say about that?
1: Well, first of all, I was not in favor of the TikTok thing from the get go. Um to me that's just you're stoking a fire that doesn't need to be stoked and I understand that Juju's, you know, uh f- that's the way he's towards how he's you know likes to express himself, but I think you're talking about uh, you're talking about the rest of the team. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, personally, Chase just spoke out, and I think Cam Hayward said what he needed to say, and that's how it's done. That's how the the locker room operates to um, teach young people uh, what what what's expected of them. All
0: right, I agree with you guys. Go ahead, Cr. Hey well, uh this gives updates here. We had two calls yesterday, sixteen calls this week, two hundred and three calls this season. Um just wanted to okay, here's my thing. Uh overall talking about the the, the game between the uh us and the in the Ravens. We got about overall, ninety
1: seconds here. So Oh wow Yeah, bring it bring it quick.
0: Uh, okay, I just I, I won't even go into that then. But okay. the bottom line is uh I'm just gonna wait and see what's going on. Um, I just, you know, I, our team is not running on all cylinders, as you said a couple weeks ago. It's an eight-cylinder running on eight-cylinder vehicle running on six cylinders, but but we'll see what happens uh, come this weekend. I'm always pull for them, but uh, my enthusiasm is not right. what it has been.
1: Beautiful. I thank you guys. Thank you so much for yeah. checking in. We're down under a minute, Max. What do you got today? You got the you got something? Uh, the uh, game today or uh, tomorrow? Uh,
0: Yeah, I I got Pac-12 championship uh, this evening, so, you know, it'll be right here in in beautiful Las Vegas uh, at Allegiant Stadium, and then I will be in Pittsburgh Saturday night for the Ladies' Night Out uh, painting event at the stadium, and then, of course, game time Sunday, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it. I'm excited.
1: All right. There's a good friend of mine, James DeSantis, and his mom is going to be there Saturday night. Remember, Mrs. DeSantis, so you can say hello. Yeah. Yeah, they're a great family, great people. So anyhow, have fun, all right? Travel safe, and remember your luggage, would you, for crying out
0: loud? Yeah, yeah, I got brand new luggage. Papa's got a brand new bag. All right.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you for Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh, and Steelers Nation Radio. Go Steelers!